Welcome once again to another episode of Gaza Roundtable. I'm your boy, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. And ladies and gentlemen, we are still in the midst of a pandemic. So please, when you go out, wear your mask, social distance, and practice good hygiene. Because despite what is going on in the world, despite what is going on in America right now with the whole elections, where Donald Trump wants to get a recount, don't want to concede power. Joe Biden's up in the polls. It looks like he's going to win. Regardless of all of that, the coronavirus is still out there. We had a record number of 126,000 cases here in America in the last couple of days. That's 48 hours, 126,000 new cases, 1,200 more deaths. All right, so the death total for coronavirus in the U.S. is going up to 220,000, I believe. Worldwide is like in the millions, 1.9 million, almost 2 million deaths worldwide. Okay, so the virus is a real thing. Whether you believe in conspiracy theories, whether you think it's a hoax, whether you think it's not that bad, the flu's worse, we've had worse pandemics, what have you. Listen. We are in the midst of a pandemic. All right. Pandemic just means it crosses global lines that everybody around the world gets infected as well. So just listen to the experts. I don't understand why it's so difficult to listen to the people who studied this stuff for their entire lives. I don't get it. I really don't understand how we can have experts, health experts who make a living doing this who study this thing as fun, as a form of entertainment, not just a job. They really enjoy doing this studying stuff. They go to school for years to do this stuff. Years, not just four years. Some eight, some 12, some more. People got PhDs, master's uh, master's degrees. They have advanced degrees in studying epidemiology. But yet, some guy (laughs) on YouTube who barely graduated high school with a 2.0 GPA or 1.9 or whatever have you, tells you it's a hoax and interviews some whack-ass doctors or some crazy lady who practices medicine, and then they're telling you that this is a fake pandemic, that this is planned by the cabal, or this is planned by the global elites, or this is the shadow government running everything and putting us in a pandemic to take away our civil liberties and, and our constitutional rights and what have you. I get it. Conspiracy theories are very appealing. Believe me, I used to fall for them. I did. I used to fall for conspiracy theories because they were alluring. They give you a little bit of nugget of truth, and then it goes on to some tangent that has no idea what this original truth was about. Or shall I say, it goes off on some wild tangent that has nothing to do with the original piece of nugget of truth that they gave you. It's all hearsay anecdotal evidence to prove that they are correct and you are wrong and you're being deceived. I get it. Conspiracy theories are alluring, which brings me to today's topic. If you haven't noticed or haven't guessed it by now, we're going to talk about conspiracy theories. 
And I'm not going to give you no research. I'm not going to give you some well thought out thing. I'm just going to give you some personal anecdotal evidence about me and my journey through the conspiracy theory realm and how I got out of it. Because I'm watching people, mostly on Facebook, because that's where I do a lot of my stalking, correct? Is Facebook. And sometimes Twitter, but Twitter is just, eh, Twitter is Twitter. I, I kind of, <laughs> I don't know about Twitter, man. It's just some weirdos out there on the Twitterverse. But anyways, I watch people on Facebook and they're always constantly posting weird, unfactual videos on there claiming that their thoughts and their beliefs are true. A lot of the popular ones right now is the Trump and the election campaign and how the elections are rigged and blah, 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 blah. And honestly, I used to believe that the elections and government and everything like that was rigged. To a certain extent, it is. But we're going to get into that in a little bit because the way the government rigs the election is not the way you think the government rigs the election. They don't create fake IDs or bring back dead people to come vote. They can't do that. That's illegal. That's a federal crime. And anybody caught doing that will get caught. Whether it's on a state level, independent level, or local level, there's repercussions for doing that kind of stuff. And you get caught rather fast. So conspiracy theories give people false information. It's that pseudoscience. It's kind of like that friend you had that he's kind of intelligent because he sounds super confident in what he's talking about. And then he's telling you this stuff and then you're kind of like listening to it. And then, you know, you're kind of high, you're in a relaxed environment. So you don't really think about it. You just kind of listen to what he's saying. You're like, man, he's giving me some sound, reasonable, thought out ideas right now. But realistically, he's not. He's just talking off the cuff. He gives you one truth a nugget that totally pans out. And then he goes off on a tangent that has nothing to do related to the original nugget he gives you. And that's how his conspiracy theories work. Because if you really sit down and you think through them, you start to find holes in your thought process. You find holes in the logic and the reasoning and the evidence that they're providing to you as factual evidence. That's what the whole critical thinking aspect of, of my whole Shafil in all my podcasts is about. You have to be able to think critically. Conspiracy theories are alluring because that one piece of truth traps you. Why? Because it plays to your emotional validation, right? Because you feel that this piece of truth is what you've believed all along in life and not hear somebody else telling you and validating that that belief is true. Here's why. And then they present with you X, Y, and Z points. And then after X, Y, Z points, they go off to ABC. That's nothing related to the original point. Nothing, absolutely nothing to do with the original point. It just brings you down another rabbit hole. That's why when you watch a conspiracy video, you're watching 10 to 15 of them in an hour or two hour span. You'll start off with the voter fraud and then you end up with NASA being a, a space organization looking for world domination for aliens or something. Conspiracy theories are just that. Conspiracies. That's it. It's just a non-provable idea that people have that they run with, right? Conspiracies theories is just an explanation for an event or situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister and powerful groups, often political in motivation, where other explanations are more probable. That's what a conspiracy theory is. That's all it is. It's a hidden agenda. It's a secret motive. 
that only that person knows. And I've under uh, I've tried to understand why people are like attracted to the conspiracies. And I come to the conclusion on my own is that, and this is just my personal opinion. There's no factual evidence to this, but it's just what I've been thinking and I'm trying to convey here is that people are attracted to conspiracy theories more often than not because they don't understand the world around them and they need a reason to understand why things are the way they are, whether it be shitty or positive. Because actually, I think it's more if it's negative, the more negative the situation the more likely the person is to fall for conspiracy theories. Because it's rare to find somebody who's in a happy-go-lucky mood really come up with conspiracy theories or follow conspiracy theories, if you know what I mean. It's more or less like people that are in a bad situation, um, they're in dire needs, like they're kind of broke, or you know they have a void to fill. They're the ones that usually fall for more conspiracy theories. And believe me, I was there. I kid you not. I fell for the Y2K conspiracy. Thought the world was going to end in 2000 because the computers are going to mess up. I really fell for that. And the biggest one that I fell for was 2020 or 2012. Because I literally thought the world was going to end in 2012. I really did. That was my biggest conspiracy theory belief. I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly believed that the minds predicted the end of the world in 2012. Because the Mayan calendar ended in 2012. So I thought civilization was going to collapse. It was going to be in apocalyptic times. And then the world's just going to fall to rubble. And society descends into chaos and madness. Buildings will crumble. Infrastructure destroyed. Yada, yada, yada. And then just society collapsed. I was wholeheartedly prepared for a 2012 apocalyptic scenario. I really was. Then 2012 came. It had its year. And then 2012 left, and then we entered 2013. Nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. I wasted a whole year because I thought the world was going to end. That's how deep I was in the conspiracy theories. I believed in aliens. I believe, well, I kind of do believe in aliens or other life forms out there, but that's a different kind of topic because my logic brings me to understand that. We cannot be the only life force out there. <laughs> there has to be other life forms. That's the only reason why I believe in aliens. No conspiracy, just a thought exercise that I've done with myself. But I believed in 2012. I believed in Y2K. I believed in the biblical end of times. Like the end of the world. Oh, God was going to come down and smite everybody and whatnot. You know what I mean? The world's going to end. I really wholeheartedly believe all those events. It was going to happen. I believed them as if they were historical events being told to us. I believed in people coming from the future, coming back to the past to tell us and warn us about the future. So time travel, essentially. I believed in the JFK stories. I believed in that, you know, Hollywood was run by a bunch of elitists that, you know, have weird, twisted, demented thought processes, which is what everybody is believing in right now. Hence the Hollywood set scandals, the pedo scenes, and the underground crap, and all of that nonsense. I believed in all of that. And then, something happened. As life continues to happen, and I continue to grow and evolve as an individual, as I have more conversations with friends, families, and significant other, I begin to realize that a lot of these thought processes are just that. Thoughts. 
There's no shadow government running the world. There can't be. It's impossible. There's no quote unquote ruling elite. There's no shadow government controlling the president or anything like that. Because if that were the case, I guarantee you Donald Trump would have blown the whistle on that because that dude cannot keep his mouth shut. Wholeheartedly uh, uh, believe that there's none. Because if there was, Donald Trump would have fell in line and would have behaved as a president. He acted unprofessionally as a president of the United States. And a lot of his policies and everything like that were just conservative Republican policies anyways. Because he came into this thing with nothing of his own. He literally gave the traditional (laughs) standard conservative Republican policies that you can possibly have. He just wanted the power. He just wanted the executive power that the presidency came with. There's no shadow government. There's no one world government. Because if there was, it would have been happening. Like, okay, so we're going to break it down. If there were to be a one world government, wouldn't you think a lot of these countries would not be fighting or vying for power? Right now, China is trying to position themselves to become a world superpower. So is Russia. Believe it or not, so is Turkey. These countries would not be investing in all of these resources to gain more power. If there really was a shadow one world government, these countries would be banding together to eliminate a lot of these problems so that they can be a one world problem, uh, one world government, so that they can rule. Trust me, power is a very beautiful thing that people want to have. And nobody's going to give it up that easily. Let alone give, take it to give it up to somebody else to rule over them. Think about that. Who on earth, okay? If I came up to you and was like, hey man, I want to create a one world government, but I'm going to get all the power. I'm going to rule over you, but I need you to help me conquer everybody so that we can rule them by myself. <laughs> so I can rule them by myself, I should say. I'm enlisting your help to help me conquer the world so that I can rule over you and them. You would look at me like I was crazy. You'd be like, oh, hell no, because you want to taste that power. You want to rule over everybody else. So power absolutely corrupts. And absolute power absolutely uh, ab- corrupts absolutely. I think that's how that saying goes. Hope I didn't butcher it. But anyways, so just looking at things in the common sense lens tells you it cannot be possible. For centuries, the Bible has been predicting the end of times. For centuries, Jesus is supposed to come and rule the earth. We're in 2020. When is his brother coming? And then I love how the Bible keeps it vague. For you do not know the time or the hour that the Lord cometh and blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, fam, he's not coming. All right. It's like, oh, I'm going to use this as an analogy, but again, it's a personal one. It's like this abandoned little child waiting for his father to come visit him. It's never happening. Most of the time, it never happens. On very few occasions, the, 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 the daddy comes in and says, hey, and then leaves again. Very few occasions. Usually, if the father leaves the family, the father's gone. And that child is wondering where daddy is. That's how I look at it. The Bible is promising people that their father is coming to see them. It's been centuries. When is his brother coming? That's how I look at it. I look at it through a common sense lens. And I know it sounds controversial to most of you guys, but I don't care. That's my truth. That's how I seize it. Now, if you give me the evidence to contrary, like to, you know, counterpoint my thoughts, I'll gladly look into it and I'll make a decision therefore with the new evidence that I've gathered. But trust me, I've read the Bible front and back several times in my life. 
and at various stages in my life. And it says the exact same thing every time I open it. It doesn't matter if the King James Version, Old Testament, New Testament, Dead Sea Scrolls, whatever. I've read them. They all, in subcontext, have the exact same message. It is just the thing. To me, it's just a social commentary on how society collapses. That's it. Society collapses when power is shifted to one side or the other too aggressively. When one sect group of people control all the resources and all the power, that's when society falls. Because that's what history has proven time and time and time and time again. When a subgroup of people control all of the resources, the people that are left out revolt. Because they feel underappreciated. They feel undermined. They feel like they can't get ahead. So therefore, they revolt and therefore, by default, Society collapses. The Civil War. One subsect group of people, the African Americans, were very, were treated very poorly. They, um, and I know people want to fight that the Civil War is not about African Americans, not about slaves. It was about the economy. Listen, what was the Southern economy based off of? Slave labor. So yeah, technically it was about economy, but no, it was about owning slaves. People decide that I was wrong to hold a group of people against their will to force labor and, for, and not pay them for it. So we fought back. The bloodiest war on U.S. soil was the Civil War, where generations of family were affected. To this day, two families cannot like each other because of where they fought in the Civil War and what their lineage is. So no, <laughs> human beings are trash. No conspiracies, just truth. Human beings are trash. Human beings are the worst thing to happen to this planet. I'll admit that. We fought a war because one sect of people were subjugated to harsh punishments and harsh environments. But history shows us that. History proves it time and time again. When resources are controlled unfairly by one group of people, it's a wrap. Society's going to collapse. And that's what the Bible pretty much ultimately tells us. That's why it's always telling you how to treat people, how to treat your neighbors, how to treat foreigners into your land. It has all these rules for society because it is a societal handbook on how to have a thriving and successful society. That's what the Bible's about. But we take it, we turn it into this fairy tale about how God's going to come back and he's going to save us from whatever the hell he's saving us from. But it's been centuries and I've yet to see God come down and do anything. Now, what, I've, I, what I have seen is history repeat itself over and over and over and over again. The rich get richer, the poor gets pooped on. That's what I see. I see a whole class of poor people in my entire life. I grew up poor. I've seen poor people become poor and stay poor. Poverty is an endless cycle and it's expensive. I know that makes no goddamn sense, but it's true. There's no conspiracy. There's nobody holding you down. There's no shadow government trying to control you. No. In a sense, yes, but in, in reality, no. Poverty is a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's all it is. In order to break that cycle, because that's what happened. In order to break the cycle of poverty, you have to make it out. You have to have an idea or you have to grind your ass off to make it to a certain point and then you're out of poverty, which you can easily fall back into if you don't keep grinding and doing what you need to do. 
Now, what is that grinding that you need to do? You need to develop a skill that is profitable, a skill that you can sell to other people that they want to buy your services and pay you for that service. That's how you escape poverty. You have to develop a skill. So no, there's no conspiracy theories holding you back. There's no man trying to beat you down. There's none of that nonsense. It's all enticing to think that somebody's trying to beat you down. It's very enticing. Trust me, I know. There has to be a reason why I'm not succeeding. There has to be a reason why my life sucks right now. I've been there and I've done that. And what I find out is that there is nobody responsible for your life except for you. So yeah, we are in this election year. There's voter fraud being mentioned by Donald Trump because, let's be honest, he's a very sore loser. He doesn't like losing. So he's going to exhaust everything in his power to maintain power. Because trust me, ladies and gentlemen, power is very, very, very intoxicating. Power is intoxicating. And once, once you have power, you are, you are unlikely to be parting ways with it. Is what I want to say. Once you hold power, you're unlikely to release it. That's a better way of stating that. Once you hold power, the likelihood of you unleashing that power or releasing that power or giving it up to anybody else is highly unlikely. So Donald Trump got a taste of what it's like to be the president of the United States of America. It's very intoxicating. It's a very powerful position. He does not want to let go of that because it's intoxicating. So he'll do whatever he has to do. He'll say whatever he has to say to try to hold on to that power. Trust me, nobody wants to relinquish power once they have it. You would do the exact same thing. Trust me, you would, because I know for a fact I would. If I had power like that and somebody was beating me in an election, I would ask for revotes. I would take it to the court. I would do whatever I had to do to try to maintain that power that I had. I will sell you lies. I will sell you hopes. I don't care what it is. I would sell you whatever it is to maintain that power. And that's what Donald Trump's doing. So how does he do it? He accuses people of cheating. Simple as that. Once you put the accusation of cheating there, you put that seed of doubt in somebody's mind and then boom, watch the magic happen. That's it. All you need is that little bit of seed to grow. And that's how conspiracy theories get you. They plant that little bit of seed of doubt. And once that seed grows, the rest is history. Human nature takes over. Because I've literally watched some of my friends on Facebook become brainwashed zombies yelling, well, how come you got to count everybody's vote? In a democracy, if you cast the vote, it has to count. That's how democracies work. You may not like it. It may not be fair for you at the moment, but that's how it works. Because the moment you start to change democracy a little bit, you open Pandora's box to a whole plethora of problems. So you have to be careful. I don't like the fact that Donald Trump is accusing, you know, people of mail-in frauds and that, you know, dead people are voting right now because that's not what's happening. Trust me. These ballots are very, very tightly guarded. And tampering with any of them is a federal crime. And if the state is caught tampering with it, the, the fines and penalties are huge. So you have to think about these things in a logical manner. Like, why would somebody, if the government was going to tamper or really mess with the elections, wouldn't you think they would give themselves the upper hand? You know what I'm saying? 
So right now, let's use this example of real life because it's happening right now as we speak. The Democrats, every like President Trump is accusing Democrats of voting or using voter fraud by mail. He's saying that there's voter fraud in the mail system, that they're using the mail to commit fraud. If they were doing that, and let's think about this logically now. If Democrats were actually committing voter fraud, Democrats would hold a majority of the Senate seat. They would hold every single seat in the House. And then in the House of Representatives, they would hold a majority of that as well. So they would hold a majority seat in Congress. They would hold a majority of seats in the uh, Senate. And they would definitely hold a majority of the seat in the Judiciary Branch. But that's not the case. Right now, it looks like the Republicans are going to retain the Senate seat. And they might add a couple more seats. And then they're going to, Democrats hold the House. Exactly what it was before. So if there really was a voter fraud thing going on right now against the president, it would not just be at the president. You would have fraud top down. And a lot of Republican governors are reelected in their states. So knock it off with the nonsense of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are fun. But in actuality and reality of life, there are baseless points. That's it. If you want to have a thought exercise and delve into conspiracy theories and try to like sharpen your your uh, argumentative skills a little bit, but sure, go ahead. Deep dive into conspiracy theories all you want. But the moment you start taking these things as gospel is when we have problems. And to me, it seems, and I hate to say this, but it seems like, to me, it seems that most conspiracy theorists are least educated. A lot of people who fall into conspiracy theories are not that educated. Because once you go become, like... Once you go from high school to college and you go to college and you learn, the first thing you learn is how to research in college and not just Google search research. I'm talking about like legitimate research where you have to go to a thing called the library, you know, where they hold all the books of old people from the past, <laughs> of documents and, trans and, and transcripts of people from the past that witness the history that happened to them. Yeah, it's called the library. You have to go sit there for hours on end reading through books and lines and books and textures and documents and shit to find proof of a thought that you have. And that's what you learn in college. People don't go to college to turn into Marxists. Once people go to college, they learn how to research. And you pay $27,000 a year to learn how to research and create arguments and learn how to argue a point. That's essentially what college is. It's a research center of infinite knowledge. And hopefully you take advantage of it. But sadly, people don't because people think they go to part, they go to college to party, which is true. So to the, for the most part, because let's be honest, you go to college, you are, you know, your first time being free on your own and everything. You're going to party, you're going to dabble. But if you do go to college and you actually learn anything, you learn a trade, you learn a skill, you learn how to research. You learn everything pertinent to the field that you're trying to get into. If you're trying to be a journalist, you learn how to journal. You learn how to write questions. You learn how to interrogate. You learn how to research. You want to be a doctor. First, you start off researching. Then you go to med school and then you research some more. Then you become a doctor and you do endless research to figure out what the hell is wrong with this individual. Help your patient out. So whatever you do is research in life. Once you pass secondary school, which is high school, everything is research. Trade is research. You're learning how to do something. It's all research. How to be a carpenter, how to be an electrician, how to be a plumber. You're researching. So I don't know how you not 
translate that research and skills into debunking conspiracy theories. You have to learn how to translate the two because if you're researching, you're learning. Learn real information. Now, I get it. Technology hasn't made it to that information world is at the tip of our fingers. But you have to learn how to decipher information. You have to learn what's real and what's fake. There's a lot of charlatans out there and they'll sell you. Snake oils are everywhere. Snake oil salesmen are everywhere. You have to learn how to differentiate them, how to identify them, and how to refute them. But yep, that's what I'm going to end this uh, conversation today because I don't know, man. I'm just watching the election and then watching my friends on Facebook spit, spit out some of the nastiest things. I'm just like, bro, like, come on, man. You're smarter than this. Taking false claims and taking them as true evidence. Watch some sketchy YouTube video about something on Facebook. You know what I mean? I'm like, bro, come on. The elections are not, the, the ballots on the election are not watermarked. And if they are, it's up to the state secretary to figure out if they want to watermark them or not. The president didn't go undercover. They didn't work with the DOH or the DIA or the FBI or whatever alphabet you want to throw together to sabotage and try to catch people cheating. Because first of all, if he does that, that's voter temp, that's vote tampering. That's a, that's not even a felony. That might be a felony. That's treason. That's treason. You're in, you are now voluntarily interfering with the elections and the democracy of the American people from voting. You're interfering. It doesn't matter if you're trying to catch voter fraud. If you did that secretly and nobody knows, you are vote tampering. That's treasonous. That's execution. That's not, that's like once you find guilty, that's execution. I think. I might be wrong. Regardless, you're going to prison. All right? You're executing your life because regardless, your freedoms is taken. Whether you, you know, sleeping or not, your freedoms are taken. All right? So that's treasonous. So stop falling for these dumb, dumb things or these dumb, dumb claims. Start thinking for yourself and start thinking rationally. This is ridiculous. We have voter fraud. I'm like, no, we don't have voter fraud. Democracy works. Your vote does count. I learned that the hard way. Your vote actually does count. There's no conspiracy to take away your rights. There's no Gustavo coming from you, for you, I should say. We had that in World War II. Fortunately, we stopped it. Hopefully, we squashed it all, and it doesn't come back. But the way that Donald Trump has everybody kind of riled up and not really thinking smart or anything like that, it's kind of amazing to watch a human being just control people like this. It truly is fascinating. On the psychology scale, on the sociology level, it's fascinating to see one individual control the minds and feelings of millions of Americans or millions of people. It's truly fascinating. You may not like Donald Trump. You may love Donald Trump. But here's one thing that I will give the man credit for. The man knows how to engage people. He garners a reaction from you regardless of what you think of the man. And it's amazing to watch. It really, truly is amazing to watch. But yeah, so I rambled long enough. Thanks for listening. This is Guys at the Roundtable. I'm your boy, Vladimir Jean-Philippe. If you want to share your thoughts, opinions, comments, or whatever, send them my way. Guys at the Roundtable at gmail.com is the email. You can hit me up on Twitter at GOTR Podcast. And like and share this on Facebook at facebook.com slash guys at the Roundtable. But yeah, think smartly. 
be free thinker, think critically, and most importantly, know that I love you. And peace.